Welcome to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast, a series of honest conversations about opportunities, challenges, and joy in ministry today. These episodes are inspired by interactions with ministry leaders from across the country as they explore possibilities, learn from broad perspectives, take risks, and cultivate candid discussions that generate disruptive creativity. Hi, this is Mark Ramsey with the Ministry Collaborative, and I get to talk today to one of my absolutely favorite people in life and certainly in ministry, the Reverend Pat Bacon. Hey, Pat. Hey, yourself, Mark. Good to hear from you today. I'm sitting up here in good old Asheville, North Carolina, looking at a wonderful blue sky. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about your ministry setting. How long have you been there? What's Calvary Presbyterian Church like? I have been at Calvary Presbyterian Church, downtown Asheville, for 31 years, Mark. 31 years. Didn't come expecting to stay that long, and, and one year just rolled into the next. It's an old church. And it's got old people in it, old people like me. But I'm telling you, 70 is a wonderful age to be. (laughs) It ain't what it used to be. I'm just telling you. We're a mixture of folks at Calvary, Mark. We're black folk and white folks, well-to-do and no-do. We just embrace everybody who comes along. Uh, There was once a shelter in the basement of our church that stayed there for 20 years, and folks who used to live there will amble back through sometimes. So it's a place that has room for everybody. We've had our struggles and our challenges, but we are still putting one foot in front of the other, and um, we're dealing with COVID like everybody else, and we've discovered some good things about ourselves, and we've discovered some things that we need to work on. And we're still gathering. We don't actively invite people to come. I just never stopped coming during COVID. COVID hit in March of last year, and I kept coming. I'd leave the door open, and people would peep in and say, she's in there. We're going in there, too. And so I want to tell you, sometimes there are as many as 15. We social distance. We wear our masks. We're respectful of one another. And I've altered the service. We'll stay there 30 minutes or so. But it's probably as rich as it's been. As ri- I mean, I don't know. There's a determination and there's a, a joy to be there. There's a uh, people expect to see each other. Can't wait till we can hug one another. We don't sing anymore. I try to sing sometimes or somebody will say, let me do a solo. But it's an old building, Mark. And an old building needs people to come in and out of it. I grew up in a community where there were old homes, and when people would move out of an old house, it would fall apart. It would just fall in. And so Calvary's like that to us. We need to go in and out of that building to keep it alive, to keep it going. It's under threat, of course, because of the gentrification all about us, but we are determined to stay there. If we don't stay there, Mark, the whole truth will not be told. If we don't stay there, the history will not be real. The history will not be right. And so we keep on keeping on. Our few people do all that we can for the community all about us. We participate on the presbytery level. We participate uh, in the activities around us. We do work in a homeless shelter that continues. We help people who are in prison. Uh, We have this eclectic women's group. We're Baptists and Methodists and Holy Roller. And some folks don't even care about church. They just like this women's group. It's not like the regular Presbyterian women's group, but we don't really want to be like the regular Presbyterian women's group. And I know we need to plug in with them every now and then because we might be losing something, but what we gain is so rich and so real. Now, you know how I talk, so ask me something else. (laughs) 
Yeah, you mentioned, and obviously it's on everybody's mind, and certainly every pastor's mind, the current situation. I keep saying that this last year of COVID and a reawakening of uh, the need for racial equity and everything else that's going on in our society has revealed a lot that was probably already there, but under the surface, and has accelerated things that were kind of in motion. How do you take ministry in this last year? What 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 has it done for you, to you, with you? Oh, Mark, I think it's made us more real. I think it's made us concentrate on some things and let some things go. I think it's it's highlighted what's important about ministry. And that's the people who come to us and who are around us. And it's about addressing the needs as best we can in the community. It's about feeding people. It's about grandmothers who cannot pay the rent who brought in their grandchildren. It's about going to jail sometimes when our children get in trouble. It's about a man walking up to the church after we met one Sunday morning said he needed tires to get to Florida because that's where his family was. And we don't have a lot, but we put it where whatever is calling to us. We can't do on some levels, but on that basic level where we can, we're very active. Our feet are on the ground. You and I have actually had this conversation before. Unfortunately, in some quarters of organized religion, Jesus seems to be a, a strange or forbidden subject. I know Jesus is not a strange or forbidden subject. to Who is Jesus to you? Oh, he's our brother. We walk with him. He walks with, with, with us. He teaches us, and I think what we do informs him. It's a fellowship. It's a relationship that we have with him. As we read and we learn what he did and how he lived, we try to emulate that in all the ways that we can. We try to follow him. We try to walk with him. What does joy mean to you in life and in ministry? You are a joyful person, and I take that not just to be put on a happy face. What does joy mean to you? Joy to me, Mark, is sitting here looking out at this wonderful sky, talking to you on the phone. Joy to me is the rain I saw that fell this morning. And joy to me is music. Joy comes in different packages all along the way. I can't tell you all the things that give me joy. Joy comes to me in reading. Joy comes to me in singing. Pat, you said you've been at Calvary for 31 years. You went out of seminary, and that was your first call, and it's been your call. I think back to the last 31 years, the scope of things that have changed and some of the things that are probably still kind of the same. How do you sort that? What's changed the most as you look at ministry today compared to 30 years ago? I came out of seminary with one mindset, but I've claimed some things that seminary didn't teach me. I claimed myself, my relationship with God and and the church. I think church looks more like me instead of what I was taught. It's not as white as it used to be and it feels a heck of a lot better. My sermons have changed, you know, that style that I, I learned. And it's all right to be me. I'm, I'm made in the image of God. And I, and I see that more and more every day that I live. And that's what I want for the people of, of Calvary. God, we have a place here. We're important here. We bring a richness here. We bring a heritage. We bring a future here. And incorporating that into the church, I, I think, has been hard to do. And it's been good to do at the same time. We pray 
Presbyterians, sometimes we black Presbyterians have, have emulated you white folks too much sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we were taught. What is good and right is white. And that ain't so, because you see this mess we've got in this world. And so what we're doing is gathering ourselves together and appreciating ourselves more. We're coming into our own in a wonderful sort of way. You have talked often about steadfastness to me. Uh, what it takes to be steadfast in faith and steadfast in ministry. What's kept you out in the vineyard and sustained all these years? I grew up, of course, with a lot of spirituals, and one of them said, keep your hands on the plow, hold on. I don't come by myself. I follow lots of lots of people who gave their all. I followed people who didn't know what was coming up next, but who just kept on keeping on. And it's mine to do the same thing, to follow the way. It is mine to keep on pushing ahead. I keep my eyes on the prize, and I just move out every day, one foot in front of the other. I don't know what's out there. Sometimes I don't even ask. Mine is just to keep on keeping on to do what I know to do in this world. It is. I, I eat from trees that I didn't plant, and so I have to leave something here. I have to share something here. I have to be all that I could be as young people look on so that they can learn and so that they can have the stepping stones that they need to keep on keeping on. It's not easy out here. It's not, but I don't ask it to be easy. I just ask to have the strength to keep on going. I get up in the morning, I say my prayers, and I say, Lord, I'm on my way. I'm out here on your word. And that's what I trust in every day of my life. Not a whole lot means a lot anymore. Stuff doesn't mean much. It's about people. It's about the folks that I see around me. It's about sharing. It's about pointing out the beauty in this world, even though there's so much tragedy going on around me. There's a lot of talk, and it's not just talk, but there's a lot of discussion by well-meaning people, white, particularly white congregations, on racial reconciliation, racial equity. Uh, what's your perspective on that? I mean, I don't, I don't want to make you the only wise woman who can give advice to white churches, but what would you say to white congregations and white pastors like me in a time like this? I would ask you to ask yourselves, if you were in my position, if you walked my walk, what would you want to see me do? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does. I would ask you to look at what my people have come through. I'd ask you to look at all of our history. And I'd ask you to reverse that role. I'd ask you to stand in my spot. I'd ask you to look through my eyes at what I look through every day. I'd ask you to see the strength that's inside of me. I'd ask you to see the perseverance that is inside of me. We've made a way out, out of no way, taken a nothing and made something, and we just keep on keeping on. And I'd ask you to be truthful, to be real, and I, I'd ask you not to try to make decisions for me, but let's come together and talk. Let, let's share where we can and to look at your privilege. If you've got two coats, one of those is mine, Mark. I'm just telling you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. 
I've cared for your children. I've been. Uh, you're not uh, saying uh, that uh, white uh, folks uh, show up trying to fix everything and tell everybody what you to know do. You I'm do, shocked. Mark. Shocked. You know I you know do, I do, Mark. <laughs> You know you do, Mark. Instead of coming and, and working at my side and getting to know me and getting a feel for me and I for you, if we could just do that instead of, you know, don't try to tell me what to do or to be, how to be who I am. Discover who I am. Take that moment and let's do some honest sharing. And we might bite each other. It might not be comfortable all the time, but let's agree to come back Amen. to that table. Amen. Let our children play together. And they may scuffle. They may off. One of them may hit the other but if we leave them alone they'll be all right and I could sit on the porch and tell Miss Bessie how to make my apple pie and she could tell me how to make my pound cake and I bet you by and by we come to a place where we could agree because she really wants the same things that I do I want a decent place to lay my head I want to be able to be safe in in my home I want a good meal on the table and on and a little vacation every now and then we can agree on on that if we would stay there long enough. Now, we gotta hurry up and do this, Mark, because people are dying all over the place, okay? Where the road that I travel every day has a homeless person walking back and forth all the, all the time, all of his or her wares in that black trash bag and they slept at the bus stop the night before. And that's black folk and white folks too, Mark. We were talking about the soul of America, Mark. Yeah. It's not just to save black folk, because we had to save white folks at the same time. Dr. King made that very, very plain. We may have come over here on different boats, but we are damn sure in the same boat together right now. It is sink or swim. Well, Pat, I want to say a couple of things. One is, in our long, long friendship, what you just said about coming alongside is one of the profound gifts you've given me and congregations I have served, along with others. But I think that's so important, which is why I ask you about it. It's so important. It's so important. Mark, I'm, I want to do that because some of us have to be bridges. None of us can do this alone. It's got to be all of us. One of the things about, I, I think there are more people of goodwill coming together than ever before. I think that we can make a difference if we keep our hands on the plow, if we hold on, if we're willing to keep on keeping on. In the words of the old preacher I grew up with, we not got time to stop. We cannot. We cannot. And it won't be easy. But I don't ask it to be easy. It wasn't ever easy. As long as there's the togetherness on the road, an old spiritual to lift up, a place to sit down and, and, and refresh ourselves, we can keep on moving. We've got to. Yeah, and thank you for lifting up the urgency of the moment. That's a message that I, as I talk to pastors and churches, if we can't catch the urgency of this moment, to put down the stuff that is distracting us and get to the core, the heart, then when are we ever going to do that? It's now or never. This is the time. Yep. Yep. More than ever before. You are sustained by a hope that I have always found breathtaking. What sustains that hope in you and in your ministry? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary. I stand on the shoulders of people who kept on keeping on. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey, okay? I just want you to know that with all that it's brought, and it's had its road work. I went to a mother-daughter dinner last year because a mama couldn't make it. 
I was sitting in courtroom because somebody couldn't make it. But I've also had the privilege of marrying folk. I've had the privilege of serving communion, and I've had the privilege of burying folk. I like being where people are. I like being in those special moments that you can't even put into words sometimes. I think that's my calling. I think that I will keep on doing that until the good Lord says, Pat Bacon, that's it. The gig is up. Come on in. And I'll be ready when it's time. I'm not in any hurry. You know, I just take this day by day. And I've got all these wonderful examples around me, before me. And I got some coming on, too. I'm looking at the youngins all around me. It's some sharp young people out there. We haven't done the best job in encouraging them to come to church. So church has got to do some changing to get them in there. But they're strong believers, too. Yeah. They'll be all right because we'll, we'll be here walking with them at their sides. And then they'll take over and keep on going. They'll keep going. What's a favorite scripture that is sustaining you, especially in this season? <laughs> Love one another as I have loved you. Pat Bacon, you are absolutely an inspiration Listen, to me. If there's nothing worthy in this, if there's not a piece of it you can use, it does not hurt my feelings if you don't use it. It can be as if it never was. Do you hear me, Mark? Pat? If you can't cut it to make a straight sentence, if you can't cut it to make some sense out of it, say, Pat, I, it's over, I destroyed it. And that's what you do with it, too. Cut it so I have a decent sentence in the whole thing, okay? And if you don't, I will haunt you, okay? I'll find out where you live. Pat, Thank you so much for sharing everything you did from the depth of your soul. You are a blessing to everybody who comes into your path. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. It's been a privilege, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you soon. I'm still here in Asheville, and you can come back anytime. Thank you for listening to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast. A project of the Macedonian Ministry Foundation. The Ministry Collaborative nurtures a national network of pastors and congregations committed to faithful, creative, and courageous engagement in their communities. Our producer is Marthane Sanders. To find out more about our work of cultivating leadership that makes a difference in congregations and communities, visit our website at www.ministrycollaborative.org.